Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Yes. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credentialed media folks who bring you locked on Clippers. Five days a week, seven in the morning, Monday through Friday. Anything crazy happens, we'll come at you uh, with the news. But kill some windshield time. You know, make us your first listen. Just get prepped for, you know, if you're a Clippers fan going into work, you probably get ridiculed by your coworkers, but this is a good podcast to refute some of their arguments. Yeah, point your <laughs> friends or enemies who maybe need a team to oh, follow yeah, this year to Lockdown sure. Clippers. They can, they can check it out. Anyways, today we're kicking things off with Thirsty Thursday. Every single Thursday we talk about who and what we're thirsty for, what we want to see more of. Mm -hmm. and we're going to be talking a lot about the Clippers offense, sort of how the Bledsoe and Zoo pick and roll is going to work, and about who from this team is, is sort of ready to step up mm. in the absence of Kawhi. There's kind of a lot of interesting openings uh, for people to have kind of breakout seasons. And then in segment two, we're talking about the wing depth. We're talking about the strengths of the of the wing core of the Clippers, some of the weaknesses, which honestly, we might be too hyped, but it seems like there's not a whole lot. <laughs> there's one pretty big one we got to talk about, but other than that, it's it's pretty nice. Yes. And then in shavings, which is just where we kind of wrap up everything else, uh, there's some news of Surge's production company releasing an animated children's show, which is mm -hmm. kind of neat. And Marcus Morris has Twitter. Has Twitter. Yeah, back on Twitter. Uh, so all that and more coming up right about now. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome to Thirsty Thursday. Just talking what we want to see from the Clippers. Um, let's get in to it just right away. I'm so excited to see the updated version of the Clippers offense. Yeah, that definitely agreed. It's going to be a different look from what we saw last year, but it will be building on much of the same. Yeah, not crazy. Like, we don't need to replace two starters or anything like that. Well, we kind of do, but the other one's at least been with the team. Um, I saw something interesting on Twitter. Per Owen Phillips, he does a, an NBA newsletter. He said, a team's three-point rate in preseason often foreshadows what's to come in the regular season. I'm not entirely sure I believe this, just based on that. But if we were to believe that, the Clippers would be shooting around the same amount of threes uh, as they did last season, it, it's five percent lower in the preseason, which lowers them from thirty-five three-point attempts to thirty-three three-point attempts. So nothing too crazy. Um, if you believe in the stat aside, do we think the Clippers will be taking less threes this season? Last season, forty percent of our field goal attempts were three-pointers. So, I mean, in terms of ratio of of your field goal attempts being threes, looking at the makeup of the team, I I think that like forty percent number is probably a better indicator like 40 percent of our total field goal yes. attempts I, I would expect that to ring fairly true um i don't 33 a game to me maybe seems a little bit low right uh the distribution's a little wacky if it's only 33 yeah yeah and i mean i would like to see things trending in the direction of 40 of course like mm -hmm. if we could get to like 37 i mean that'd be great yeah but i, I mean obviously i'm not worried about the quantity of specifically three-point shots, so much of like the quality of our field goal attempt portfolio overall. Yeah, because we were we were pretty much dead in the middle of the league in terms of three-point attempts per game. Like, yeah, we like but we 16. kept it efficient. Yeah, exactly. And I guess I would worry about the deviation from that efficiency if you know if we're just hunting a, an attempt number, right? Which I don't think would be the case because I do think that this team does a, a pretty good job. Uh, especially in the last season, of, of maximizing guys within their roles, like getting them to the spots where they're comfortable. Ty Lue has talked multiple times that that's like an important point of emphasis for him is like mm -hmm. asking the guy where they like to get the ball, yeah, you know? For sure. Uh, not just trying to 
make people fit to an, an offensive scheme. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, though, like, if things were to trend towards that 40 number, like, h- how would you want that shot distribution to break down? And this is just kind of, I mean, theoretical, but Spit also balling. like... Uh, yeah, but also just kind of thinking about like where you would like guys' three-point attempts to be during the regular season. Like Paul George, I mean, I think we're both in agreement, probably like nine to ten. Everybody wants Paul George to take more threes. Every year it feels like. It shouldn't be less than eight. It should not be less than eight. There's no reason in the world for it to be less than eight. He's an elite shooter, not for any position, just for any like any player in the league, he's an elite shooter. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's got to be nine and ten. Kennard has to be like seven or eight. Yeah, so he like, took seven total field goal attempts, all shots included, right. per game last season. I think his three-pointers should alone should probably be around seven this year. Just, yeah. I mean, we'll see, though, depending on how Because he's going to be the cutting timing. and stuff like that. Like, yeah. he's going to be doing some baseline cuts. Yeah. Um, Reggie's a spot-up shooter. Probably in the, I think Reggie and Kennard should probably be taking the same amount of three. Yeah, right? I, th- I think probably like six to seven, probably. Sure. Morris... I think should be up there too, but he's also a guy who can, depending on if we're going small or something, he can post up a little bit. Yeah, uh, I don't. He does love his mid range fadeaways. I, I was gonna say he does love the mid range, which I'm I'm hoping we don't see a whole lot of. But to keep him engaged, I would understand if there was, <laughs> you know, if if he got a greater variety of shots. Right. But I, I'd still probably like to see him. I mean, average for the season, no less than six attempts a game from yeah, three. Right. For sure, Batum. Four. I think he might be a little more. Because I think he needs to take more than Terrence Mann. Okay. Right? Like, Batum is just an infinitely better shooter than Terrence Mann. Is he? Yes. Terrence Mann is 42% three-point shooter. Sure. <laughs> but Batum is a legitimate elite shooter. Um, But that leaves kind of a gray area where I guess we got to split up, what, like six or seven other three-point attempts sprinkled throughout these guys? Yeah. So we've mentioned about 30 three-point attempts. If you put Batum up to that six number, I guess we're at like 36. And then man takes the other four. Yeah. Okay. So it's not implausible. No, it's not crazy. I I guess I just was interested in taking a look at it because like from a theoretical standpoint i'm pretty comfortable with all of these numbers absolutely really pretty comfortable with with all as of long as the top three and three-point attempts at the end of the season are paul george number one and then reggie and canard right next to each other at two and three i think the clippers will be fine those guys should be taking more than morris even i think so yeah okay um well well I'll, and this will we'll see how this evolves right because we see more cuts from canard and all that stuff and like yeah we have yet to see kind of the full starters play yeah i'm and i'm curious to see how they'll adjust in game uh on mm-hmm. nights where like morris just cannot really find it from deep right because we do know his variance from an efficiency standpoint can be have some pretty yeah, wild peaks swings. and valleys for sure um so i'm curious to see like if they stick to the game plan just let him keep shooting from three to try to get his rhythm back yeah. or if they do try to use maybe some of his other offensive kind of skills yeah let's get into the other option which is thirsty for you want to see who's ready to step up yes which i think goes hand in hand with a three-point attempt yeah so i mean we've already seen through the pieces and everything paul george taking on the leadership role right. sort of with gusto he's good uh yeah he's good so there's a couple of tiers for me, and there's one, this is like the top tier, which is kind of like the expectation tier. Right. These guys we all expect based on sort of their past body of work with the Clippers specifically yeah. and their contracts to kind of step into a bigger role. Mm-hmm. So we got Morris in that in that kind of realm. Of course. Is he the number two of the team? 
Maybe scoring wise, maybe possibly. Uh, either way, in the beginning, probably. Yeah, and either way, he's gonna have to play at a very high level on both ends. Mm-hmm. And I'm just hoping on nights where the offense isn't going, he can keep the intensity going on the other end of the floor. Right. Exactly. Uh, also in the expectation tier, I think it's fair to say Reggie has stepped up into that tier, right? Yes, I think the expectations and the belief for Reggie are both really high, which is great. You don't yeah. want to have belief low and expectations high. Whereas last year, we kind of had low belief and kind of not low belief, but not really expecting him to do what he did. I mean, I think a lot of us were surprised he even like got another sure with the Clippers. But now I think he's got belief and the expectations high. I but he grew, you know, like it's it's possible. What? Yeah, his like both the level of trust from the organization and his personal growth that he yes. made last season. One of the more remarkable stories of a player through the Clippers franchise, in my opinion. 100%. Absolutely. Uh, so I think it's fair also in the expectation tier to put Batum. I, I think that he's going to have expectations this year. I think it's to kind of just be the same player. Exactly. Because exactly. he, he obviously... He proved it last season. So <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. It's kind of like, can he do more of the same? Yeah, exactly. Which and, I think he should be able to. And stay available. Yeah. Uh, man has got to be in the expectations camp this year, right? For sure. I, I mean, well, I think so. The belief is higher than the expectations, except for the people who think that Terrence Mann is going to win most improved player. Um, but I mean, he's going to get more minutes. He's going to have more responsibility. Like, yeah, the expectations are very real. Yeah. And I mean, he, I think he's just going to face higher scrutiny this year. I'm like last year, yeah. you know, it was completely, fans are fickle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. I mean, like last year, Anything he did was good, and anything that he like did poorly was fine because it was like, yeah, oh yeah, it's mean, right, cool. like, yeah, yeah, essentially yeah. his rookie year for, sure. for all intents and purposes. Another guy I'm going to kind of put in the expectations tier, Serge Ibaka. Is it fair to say that last Ooh. season was kind of a disappointment? I think it was a disappointment purely just because of health. His play yeah. was not a disappointment. Yeah. He missed some close ones. He had Literally some, issue. he had he some had issues finishing around sure. the rim, which I didn't love. Right. I don't know that I was that big of a fan. Of I almost like, think it's an incomplete year. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, but the expectations are to be better than last year. Yeah. And he's coming off an injury. So, yeah, like the expectations are fairly high. And then the next tier of guys is guys who definitely have a big chance to show out this season. But they maybe haven't necessarily proven anything with the Clippers yet. Yeah, I mean, first on this list is Luke Kennard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we, we've seen flashes, but I think like... The preseason terms, got us hyped up. Yeah, in terms of like... I mean, he hasn't been like the hugest contributor to this team. Is yeah. all I'm saying. Absolutely, which isn't his fault. No. Um, you have a nice note on here too that I think sometimes we forget about. Gotta pay attention to the knees. If he's gonna play in an increased role in over 82 games, I mean, like what is that gonna be like for... I mean, he has tendonitis, right? Yes. Yeah. He's been looking good. He has um, been looking good so far, yeah. I think he is ready to show out. The preseason has to get us hyped. We got Bledsoe on here. Pretty new guy. So He's like the starting two right now. To me, he's not quite in the expectations tier yet because I feel like, and maybe this is just because of Twitter or whatever, I, I do feel like <laughs> expectations of Bledsoe are pretty low yes. right now. Yes. Uh, so I think it's going to be... He's replacing a beloved Clipper, and so I think that's really factoring into people's expectations definitely definitely so he he's a guy who i'm hoping can have a really good season and get this fan base behind him kind of show the league though too that like i mean he's still starting caliber point guard in this league he is not a complete guard in the sense of like three (laughs) level scoring necessarily but he has a lot to offer he does what he does and he's a two-way guy yes he's very much two-way guy um justice winslow hey 
do you, buddy? Like any positive, you know, sure. This He kind of has the Terrence Mann thing, right? Where it's like anything he does is good. And anything that's bad, you're kind of like, well, he's been pretty rusty. So this is a little expected. Yeah, but he's also a candidate for like a Batum level, like mm-hmm. Clippers late career rehabilitation. True. That's a good call. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like, but Sound yeah, he's healthy. not. I don't think expectations are super high for Winslow, you know, but I do think Hope that. Hope is pretty high for Winslow. Hope is pretty high. And like, man, there's just a chance. Like, if he can stay healthy, there's just a chance that he could really improve his personal stock. Yeah, that's a super good call. Um, Anybody else you think could come up big in a, in a Kawhi-less season? Not in any way that's going to be uber tangible. That's like an actual storyline. Right? Like maybe to the- Brandon Boston Jr. gets some spot minutes, plays well. Uh, maybe Hartenstein really shows that we don't miss a beat without surge or something like that. But I think in terms of like, like all these guys we just named, I like how many guys are in the mix to really step up. Yeah. Um, coming up, we got one more note to talk about before we get to wing top about Bledsoe and Zoo. But first, we got to give a shout out to Sweat Block. Which, Please. Look, if you sweat a bunch, it's not very fun. Um, when you're sweating through a shirt for no reason, it's kind of embarrassing. You may know someone that has dealt with this and it can be difficult. Now, listen, we know this isn't life and death. There's much worse problems in the world, but let's be honest, in the moment, it feels like a big deal. A big, wet deal. Nobody likes to spit out during an important speech, interview, or first date. Heaven above us forbid, I'd much rather not worry about it. That's why people use Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than the most clinical antiperspirant. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. Next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. No more pitting out. No more picking shirts based on which will hide your sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code Locked On or at Amazon and CVS. Okay, so we're back, and we actually have one more point on Thirsty Thursday, one more thing that we're hoping to see from this Clipper squad, and then we're going to get into some sort of wing talk about this team. Yes, so we talked about it before, but the Bledsoe Zoo pick and roll is going to be great, and I cannot wait for it. Yeah. Um, Bled is going to be. It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. We've talked about how we think Zoo can average a double double next season. I think kind of has to, right? For the first month and a half, the opportunities are going to be there. There's not going to be any surge. Like it's there. The opportunities are going to be there, and this is also like I think that this is the year to make a jump. You know, like to to make sure that you're not hitting your ceiling as a player, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, and Bled's going to be the biggest factor in this. Um, Bled wants Zoo behind him on pick and rolls for dump offs, which we saw in the preseason. And when those don't happen and the defense has to commit to Bled and he puts up a shot, Zoo should be able to kind of clean up that mess if the shot doesn't go in. That's a good call. He's a pretty solid offensive rebounder. He averages 2.6 per game, which is smack dab in the middle of the league. But he was fifth in offensive rebound percentage in the entire league last year, which means um, he grabs a very high percentage of offensive rebounds around him in terms of when they're available. And this was an efficient offense last season, so it's so, not yeah, like there was a ton of <laughs> exactly. You know, So when he's on the floor, he's effective, but I'm really excited to see it. I think it's going to help the Clippers' offense so much. It's, it's going to be great to see and grow. Um, but let's get into this wing talk. How are we feeling about wing depth for the Clippers this season? I mean, we talked about this a little bit. We went over the Clippers' sort of front court last episode, so mm. check that out if you haven't yet. I'm feeling like, once again, like one of the more versatile, we have one of the more versatile cores at the position of of anyone in the conference, like as far as I'm con- concerned. Yes. So we got PG, Batum, Mook, Man is going to play the wing sometimes, maybe yeah. three of the four. Uh, Justice Winslow, these are all five. Well, the top four are definitely going to be getting some time. Um, Winslow might slide in to be that ninth, tenth guy that 
Ty Luce talked about. And then Branson Boston Jr., um, you know, might see spot minutes. We don't really know what that's going to look like. But I do agree with you on the versatility. Um, and just like how many different, like we can play all of these wings. Yeah. Kind of at once, which is funny to think about. There's also some good news about Marcus Morris because I think one of the knocks on him has kind of been like just availability. Uh, apparently, on practice on Wednesday, Marcus Morris went hard. Uh, Tyler said he competed every single drill. He went hard trying to get his conditioning up, and that's to be expected when he's been out for a little while. But he was excited to be back. So hopefully, his ramp up is fast. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah. he just looks ready right when he comes on. I know? mean, we'll have to see. And I think that he was probably a little bit like ginger, like. Treating sure. his knee a little gingerly uh, through the offseason. Yeah. Um, because, you know, last year that was like a lingering kind of thing for him. And, you mm -hmm. know, it makes sense as you get older. I hope that he's able to get into shape to be in the starters on opening night. Yeah. Is like what I would like to see. Because 100%. Last season, I did think it was like big of him to be able to give the job to, to Batum sure. and, like, and be fine with that and kind of play his way back into shape and flourish in the role. Um, in, in the way that he could in the in the, lim the more limited minutes, but I would be I would just be feeling a whole lot better about the season if opening night I know Mar Marcus Morris and he knows that totally. he's ready to yeah. suit up. Couldn't agree more. Um, let's get into the strength of these wings: switchability. Oh, <laughs> are you kidding me? I mean, defensively we can run the top three guys that we just mentioned in the wing position. And kind of any two of our guards or another wing, if you really want to, yeah, and have very versatile lineups. I we tweeted it out about like I can't wait to see a, a Bledsoe Man PG Morris Batum lineup. Like defensively, yeah. what a nightmare for the other team. Offensively, there's three and a half shooters around Bledsoe. Like we have great passing. Man is half a shooter right now. Um, we have great passing. Like the switchability on defense is going to be. Fantastic to watch this season from this group. Oh, absolutely. You know, Morris and Batum are capable of guarding like what two through five, probably. Mm -hmm. um, PG and, can do the same too. You just don't want him to guard fives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. PG too. I would rather see Paul George mostly on guards. Yeah. Um, unless you know, unless he needs a break or something. Cause sure. It is a lot. It's tiring. Yeah. It is a lot. It is tiring. Uh, man, I would like to. I would like to see another jump. I, I thought that he made some progress mm -hmm. uh, in the playoffs. It was a little bit like my perception of it, at least, is a little bit hampered by sort of his like limited availability, which we'll talk about later. Sure, fair. Um, shooting, obviously, a strength of this wing uh, core. PG needs to shoot more threes. We all know that. Um, there's so much spacing. Like Batum and Man off ball are going to be interesting to watch. And then I'm really excited to see like is Morris's role going to evolve anymore? Are we going to see kind of the exact same thing we saw from last season, which was good. I think that he'll be featured a little bit more, and and I alluded to this earlier, but I also think that he's gonna get um, he's gonna get some different types of looks, and they're gonna get in, yeah. involved in in motion in the offense in different ways, and he's gonna get the ball in different places um, versus like just having to shoot from deep, which yeah. he did get he did get variety last season. Don't sure. get me wrong, yeah, uh, but I think like in this they'll they'll try to keep it they'll try to keep it interesting both for him and you know keep a defense on their toes, mm -hmm. so. All of these guys really like demand gravity from a defense too. <laughs> yeah, from a shooting perspective. Sure, yeah. You're gonna sag off PG. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I also think that that's like one of those things that will take a lot of the pressure off Bledsoe, mm -hmm. um, which is good. So yeah, I like uh, the passing of this group is great too. You had Winslow in here. We have guys who are all very capable with passing the ball. Yeah, um, you don't really feel worried about it. 
Kind of wondering if Morris has asked to do a little more in the passing aspect this season. Yeah. Just not like that he should or anything, but it just might be new wrinkle or something. I think that's definitely a possibility. I, I guess the other thing uh, in sort of like the facilitating realm is like almost every single one of these guys can get their own shot. Yeah, very like good point. Any one of these guys, like yeah. all, pretty much all of these guys put the ball in their hand and if there's not an opportunity for them to facilitate a teammate, they can get their own shot in a way that like, I mean, it's yeah. not always going to be the prettiest shot on the floor, but I don't think that you're uncomfortable with any one of these guys in, with the ball in their hand yeah. making something happen for themselves. Exactly. If it's late in the shot clock, and do it, right? We have to do this. Um, let's get into the weaknesses. Yeah. There's an age kind of miles issue that Tyler yes. has to navigate. I think, I mean... And it's not the player's fault. Like This isn't a weakness that you can like, necessarily fix. So... This is an issue. Oh, this is a definite issue. I mean, look, Morrison Batum will both turn 33 this season. Winslow, he's 25 right now. Sure. Has his own injury history. Terrence, I want to bring this up because I feel like we haven't talked about this that much. But what we, we haven't talked about what happened to him last postseason because there was obviously a concern about his longevity right. looking at like his minutes distribution, especially yeah. sort of in what that last with Batum series. Too. Yeah. Where it was like, why is Batum not playing as much? Like, what's going on with that? Yeah, right? Yeah. I, for, I will say for this, in the preseason, Terrence looked very ready to go. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, this is a good point. Like, I think the Batum not playing kind of overshadowed this a bit. Yeah. Um, just because Batum was doing so many things right. And obviously not to take away from what Terrence did, which was historic. Um, in game six, but both guys were kind of like, it, I mean, it just seemed it was like, why? I mean, everyone was kind of wondering, why aren't these guys playing, <laughs> playing more? Yeah. yeah. It, I don't know. It seemed like maybe there was something being managed there. And so this is why I have the problem with Ty Lu saying there's going to be a nine man rotation. It does seem like a lot. That's best case scenario. Yeah. Um, so that's, I'm not sure how they navigate it, but let's hope they do. Um, transition defense kind of seems to be an issue since every player and Ty Lue has talked about it in the preseason. And this position group is kind of going to have to pull the most weight in this category. Yeah. Our sure. best defenders are wings. Yeah. And so <laughs> if they're not, I'm not like, if they're not getting back fast enough or if they're not calling things out in transition, this is going to be, this is an annoying problem to have for a team that has a bit of miles to it. Oh, definitely. Right? Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's going to be interesting. What else do we got for these weaknesses? We're going kind of hard on the weaknesses because we love this position group also. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I said that all these guys can like get their own, can theoretically all get their own shot. And yeah. I feel pretty comfortable with them having the ball in their hands. Mm -hmm. But are these guys going to be able to find enough way to, ways to score like if threes aren't falling? Yeah, I have the same thing too. I'm hoping the lack of Kawhi eliminates the like, let's watch the elite scorers do their thing. Yeah. Stagnantness. Yeah. Because there's going to have to be, like, we talked about guys stepping up in the last segment, but, like, there's going to need to be guys on a night when other people don't have it going who are calling for the ball and are making something happen. Yeah, definitely. And I'm really excited, too. I know we're talking about the wings, but I think the kind of, I don't want to say rejuvenated, but the, I mean, I'm going to say rejuvenated kind of backcourt situation could help us out with this, too. If Bledsoe's able to create some space, like, maybe take oh, yeah. some pressure for that. So, so that's good. And, like, I'm not sure if it's hype, but other than health and depth, there's not a whole bunch of weaknesses with this group. And like as far as depth, like we have a lot of wings. Yeah. We have there. a lot of wings on this team. <laughs> Just a lot hinges kind of on that health. Yes. 
So now we've kind of talked about the backcourt, these centers and the wings. Rank these position groups in terms of, you know, who's best, best to very good. Uh, <laughs> We're not saying best to worst. I mean, wings is obviously our strongest position. Right. For sure. uh, I, you know, I love having like the utility knife kind of vet guys like Batum and Morris. I'm putting PG and man in this category because they're both forwards to me. Yeah. And they'll um, get time there for sure. Yeah. So I, I think that those, like, I, I think the upside for Winslow is high. Um, yeah. I mean, also a low floor. I, I will say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, low floor, uh, high ceiling though. Um, but yeah, I, for me, the strongest position is, has got to be the wings. Uh, and then I would follow that up probably by the guards. I was going to go centers. Uh, I would put the centers last, but just because, man, honestly, like just because of some of the health stuff and I feel. Yeah. Fully healthy, though. If, yeah, fully healthy. I still think I put centers. Yeah, I might, I might have to agree with you there. But we have seen very encouraging things from like Canard. Yeah. Reggie looks like himself. Bledsoe has a chance to make this team a lot better offensively. Yeah. Terrence Mann will be playing. Why do people two. think the Clippers are going to be in the play-in game? The more we look at this roster, and I know, I know that I am a Clippers fan and a Clippers podcast host, but yeah. obviously every year it's disrespectful, but come on, look at this roster. Like, yeah, and like some teams got better, and I, I guess I can see the allure there, but you also have like some major contenders who will be missing time from key contributors. And who are even older than the Clippers. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. And then, I mean, some teams did also get worse. And I also think that, uh, I, I, I do think that there is a tendency to sort of look at a loss of, of a top-tier talent. Sure. And it's kind of easy to ignore the depth around it. You yeah. know what I mean? Especially if you don't watch the Clippers. Which, and I understand because it's, you know... I, it's like the same cliche saying, but it does usually hold true. Like the best player in a series usually wins the series. Yeah. 100%. Um, but I think during the regular season, it, it's a little bit different. Like that, that has to be spread out a little bit more. Yeah. A hundred percent. Let us know what you think of the wing uh, depth over on at locked on clips coming up. We're talking Serge Ibaka expanding his media empire as well as Marcus Morris deciding to tweet. But first, Will, if I wanted to place a wager, you know, via, the internet. The interwebs? Where would I do that? You got to check out betonline.ag. Look, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and mm -hmm. you can track all the action at BetOnline. Plus, you can get all the latest nudes, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Well, they're mm -hmm. already in those playoffs, but sure. you know, they're still prepping. They're still <laughs> you prepping. Got to. You got to prep every day. Yeah. Uh, so head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. That's on top of your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on. All right. Welcome to Shavings. Just kicking around kind of some extra stuff in here um, in the old Clippers drawer. Serge Ibaka's com production company, it came out today, um, is working on an animated series for kids inspired by Serge's life experiences. It's going to feature a culturally diverse group of star athletes with each episode focusing on a different individual and the conflicts and adversity they've overcome to rise to success. Way to go, Serge. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, excited to 
I kind of I'm I'm curious to what the style is going to look like. Yeah, the animation. animation style. That's a good yeah. call too. Um, I'm wondering if oh, it looks like Arthur. That would be sick. I'm wondering if Surge is going to be so he's first of all his media empire is growing at kind of an insane rate. He has a platinum record. He has more than one, right? Yes, I, I think so. At least let's say at least one. Yeah, a platinum record. He has a pretty well liked YouTube cooking show. Yeah. Um, it's solid. I mean, that could be a, that could be a TV show if he wasn't absolutely. Um, could he be the first athlete to have a championship ring, platinum single, and an Emmy? If the show is Ooh, good, I love it. Call it the surge. Yeah, it seems doable. Yeah, and a Webby. <laughs> if the YouTube show gets picked up. Um, no, I love to see this from Surge, and I think this is something people talk about when they talk about large markets and stuff like that. If you really want to navigate it and are dedicated to expanding your space in that market, there's opportunities. Like these things happen for better or for worse because you're in a market like Los Angeles and Toronto too, because it's a huge international city. I'm not poo-pooing Toronto as a city. No, 100%. Um, but I think that this Los is, Angeles is just better. <laughs> I think that this is kind of like an inspiration to other players to like know that there are opportunities to tell your story in like unique and yeah. interesting ways, which is kind of cool because there are so many unique stories in the NBA. I yeah. also think Surges especially. one thing that's kind of interesting is I know that fan bases and even like pundits and stuff like that can kind of get down on players for doing a lot of stuff yeah. that's more entrepreneurial or entertainment based versus being just on court stuff. Right. And I really like that we had Serge talk about like sort of a way for him to deal with like the depression of not being able to play was kind of like yeah. diving into some of these other things. So I think that's really cool to like get to see some of these things come to fruition too. Imagine be like, I'm gonna dive into music and then you just make a platinum record. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stick my toe in the music pool <laughs> and make a platinum record. Shout out to Serge, dude. Yeah. Serge oh, is yeah. great. A uh, true renaissance man. True renaissance man. He was banging around playing three on three at uh, practice today. Love it. And like I said, I think they should do four on four before five on five. But I'm, you know, I don't, I'm not Jason Powell. Um, what about four on three? See, this is what I mean. We need two on one. <laughs> Serge and Zoo versus a trainer. <laughs> the game. Um, all right. And lastly, uh, Marcus Morris has a Twitter and he uses it sometimes. Decided to use it. On Wednesday night. Yeah. Evening. Excuse me. He said, I don't know how some of these dudes be on television. I can't even watch that shit. Literally say anything for fame and money. It's sad. I'm with Kyrie Irving. Keep being you, my brother. Just don't tweet it, man. I don't know. You can tweet whatever you want, but so it just doesn't. It's just one of those things where you're just, you just shit. You're just, God damn it. Like, I can't even articulate. It's that kind of like, <laughs> what are we doing? It's here? just hard for me to parse apart. So, like, are you saying, everyone like people should also be anti-vax because so i don't think he's anti-vax or are you just saying that you stand with Kyrie like doing his own thing because i do agree with that like sentiment somewhat like sure i i understand you supporting another player who's making a controversial decision right but this controversial decision? i know this is well like this is the thing i'm struggling right like even this as controversial I'm, decision? Yeah, yeah like even as i'm saying this it's like are the you nets sure aren't giving that? him an extension because of this oh yeah like they came out and said we're not doing it like how I could mean, you for a player who's not going to be available for half your games right i don't know let's hope that uh i wonder if the tweet's still up um i'm gonna check that out. anyway let's just hope you know there's not any more tweets from marcus morris about things involving the vaccine i don't know um did this tweet come from him while he's on a training bike whew, let's hope so <laughs> um someone said someone commented they said that's fine just glad you're vaxxed though <laughs> hey same um, anything else you want to kick around? 
Uh, no, I don't think so. That is a great point, though. I, I do love that we did get the Clippers to the 100% vaccination yeah. rate. Uh, that wraps well, it up. Well, Harnstein? He's definitely probably vaccinated. <laughs> um, that all wraps it up. Just want to say one thing. If you're driving a car out there, just watch out for bicyclists. Yeah. Just watch yeah. out for bicyclists. Yeah. Um, it's a dangerous world out there. Dangerous world out there. Friday's episode. Also, Ayatsi might be going on strike. We staying with Ayatsi. Come on. Yeah. Come on, AMPTP. Come on, whatever that dickhead acronym is. It's not giving them what they want. Um, shout out Ayatsi. Shout out all the postal workers as well. Friday's episode, talking the bench. If we can improve upon last year's bench play, who knows? A love Mary quarantine because it is Friday and we try and have a little bit of fun here. And then, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, Will, if someone's trying to kill some windshield time make for their first listen of the day, where would you tell them to listen to our podcast? Uh, you can listen to us on Cup of Joe Side of Dough, yes. uh, the exclusive radio broadcast. We're yes. also on iTunes and the podcast app. We're also on uh, Google Podcasts. We're on mm-hmm. Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can tell your smart speaker or dumb speaker to play Lockdown Clipper. <laughs> it might work on the dumb one. Honestly, it, it I don't is. know. I think we're also on Diner Pods, which is podcasts that you only listen to. You can only listen to if you're in a diner. Yeah, you have to select it from like the little right. rotating thing, though, and I think you have to pay a nickel. You <laughs> yeah. can listen to us free everywhere else. We get 5% of that nickel, so we need it. Yeah, um, yeah. But oh. yeah, come hang. <laughs> yeah, come hang. We, we mentioned up top, but we do come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. Absolutely. I have been positive Chuck Loeffler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we appreciate you.